Good morning, or at this point, probably good afternoon, and welcome to Effectively Wild, the Baseball Prospectus Daily Podcast, our 63rd episode. Uh, I am Ben Lindbergh in New York, New York. You are Sam Miller in Long Beach, California. Um, we have one game to talk about from yesterday, so I figured we would pad out the podcast with 20 minutes or so on A-Rod flirting with fans. What do you think? Uh, well, we only need to pad about like 18 and a half minutes uh-huh. with that. Okay. Especially because uh, if we really got desperate, we could we could make small talk about the Canadian rock band Sloan yes, that we watched could. last night instead of baseball. Yes, I did, and I'd do it again. Uh, is anybody going to be guiding this conversation? Do you have any uh, plans? No, not really. Um, we said that we would just... talk about the game, so let's talk about the game. What do you want to talk about? Um, well, so I have two things that I uh, just want to mention um, a- or ask you about or something. Uh, I want to meander around them. Mm-hmm. I want to circle them, uh, surround them, mm-hmm. uh, get close to them, but not actually touch them. Okay. I also want to, though, just before I get to those two things or get near those two things, I, um, I want to point out that uh, Mike Kruko on KNBR last night uh, was asked about Matt Holliday's slide, mm-hmm. and he described it with a phrase that I have never heard. I probably have never heard because it has probably never been said, and yet if it is not a huge part of the sport from this point forward, I'll be disappointed. He referred to it as Bush Bowl. <laughs> Bush Bowl. Bush Bowl. Bowl that is of the Bush League variety. Uh-huh. Uh, so Bush Bowl... Uh, you have an assignment. Get it into at least one piece uh, every six weeks or so, so that we can keep it okay. going. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Matt Holiday slide? Yes. Baseball is weird. Baseball to me is the weirdest thing. How it is a totally nonviolent, non-contact sport, mm-hmm. and yet somewhat arbitrarily, it has allowances for these like super violent moments that like just look totally irrational on their face. I mean, not only. I, not only was Matt Holiday able to do that on a field, um, like that opportunity was presented to him, but he was not even uh, dinged for it. There was no punishment or penalty or, or anything of the sort. It might have been illegal. Um, it seems that the uh, the rules in the rule book are sort of vague, more strict than they're ever called, but so vague that uh, these things tend to just get called based on precedent. Which is true um, of many rules in the baseball rule book. Which is also weird because of how many rules and clauses and subclauses and comments there are. There is this great illusion of specificity um, and exactness, mm-hmm. and yet, um, uh, and yet, I think we all know that the rules are called as they were called the game before. The book uh, is, you know, often less important. Um, than precedent, but anyway, um, the rule is uh, if you if you would like me to read. Sure. Um, well, you're as though I have it right here. <laughs> Next, <laughs> hang on. Uh, uh, all right. Um, according to Rule Six Point Zero Five M, a batter is out when I'm quoting from Andrew Baggerly's piece. Mm-hmm. So you know. When a runner shall, in the umpire's judgment, intentionally interfere with a fielder who is attempting to catch a thrown ball or to throw the ball in an attempt to complete any play, uh, which describes every takeout slide. I mean, right. certainly you have a right to go toward the bag, but I mean, there's a obviously that 
we know the the intent of, of almost any slide is to not go at the back. The, and then the official comment continues, the objective of this rule is to penalize an offensive team for deliberate, unwarranted, unsportsmanlike action by the runner in leaving the baseline for the obvious purpose of crashing the pivot man on a double play rather than trying to reach the base. Obviously, this is an umpire's judgment play. So there it gives a uh, more specifically it, it mentions leaving the baseline, but it doesn't seem to limit you to leaving the baseline. I, I think that, that Holiday would have been considered leaving the baseline because if you go past the base you are no longer in in the baseline but i don't know that that's true the baseline is generally considered a left to right thing i don't know if uh, if depth matters but anyway uh that's what happened it- so that's a lot of words to say uh whatever the umpire thinks basically yeah well i mean if you read it i, I mean if if this if you read this uh, rule and you didn't have any experience with baseball, you would read that and think that uh, any slide that interferes with the with the fielder mm-hmm. is illegal, and that uh, that it, unless the fielder is impeding the runner's uh, path to the base, mm-hmm. the runner has no right to disrupt the throw. And so, essentially, it seems to me that almost any slide that um, that makes contact or disrupts the fielder should be illegal by that definition. But maybe that's uh, maybe that's a rigidity that was never intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I saw a couple examples of plays from the 70s that kind of are making the rounds on the blogs today. Um, Buster only tweeted uh, a video, uh, which is on YouTube, or at least was on YouTube, knowing MLB it probably isn't anymore, of uh, Joe Morgan taking out Dick Green, in 1972, and then Dane Perry posted one of Hal McRae just launching himself at Freddie Patek in 1977. Both of them look worse than the Holiday one, um, and of course there are always worse things in the long history of baseball um, than whatever we're complaining about at the moment. I mean, it uh, it certainly, whether it was against the rules or not, it is not the sort of thing that I would want to see in a baseball game. I'm watching this play. Here we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hal McRae is just airborne in this one that I'm looking at. Just. I, I don't know. This, uh... oh my goodness. <laughs> well, the second one is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's certainly precedent for this. And The, and the how... Joe Morgan one, though, uh... I mean, he barely goes past the bag at all, and he doesn't go past the bag until well after he's made contact. And the defender is standing in the two feet in front of the bag, the second baseman is. I mean, that to me is a totally fair slide. The second one, the fielder is again standing well in front of the bag and could reasonably have been spiked. Mm. And yet... It's it's funnier when you fra- when you pause it because <laughs> uh, he goes in almost standing up, uh, but with his uh, his butt first. Well, we will. Is, oh my goodness, this this is spectacular. <laughs> we will. This is to these so videos. good. I want to. I got to play it again because I, I want to hear the uh, the announcers and see if the announcers mm-hmm. say anything. So I'm gonna play. We'll link to these videos so that you can laugh along with us. Otherwise, you're just listening to us watching videos and you'll be jealous. Um. And well, that's uh, all right. Yeah. Are, are you still there? Yeah. Um, so Holiday seemed to 
regret it. I don't know if he exactly apologized, but he said that he is not a dirty player and that he uh, slid, uh, I guess, a, f a little later than he... He said, I wish I had started my slide a step earlier um, and talked about the heat of the moment and you're trying to keep your team out of the double play and playing hard. Um, but that that did seem to cross the line uh, between playing hard, which is something that players are praised for, and uh, I don't know, not that he was intentionally trying to hurt anyone, but he was playing in such a way that uh, an injury was not unlikely. Yeah, I'm not mad at a holiday. I, I find the rule odd, or I don't know if odd is the right word, but um, sort of weird. And uh, I think that he probably, if, if it is an illegal play, then he, he should have been pun punished for it, which is to say that the runner on first should have been out. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I mean, it, yeah, I think that it was, um, it, it wasn't like the worst slide I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that there was, I mean, I certainly don't think that he was trying to injure Scudero. And the uh, if he was perhaps a bit fast and loose with Scudero's body, then that's uh, um, you know regrettable. But I don't know. I, I guess this dovetails into one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, which is that everybody hates the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, and I this is this is new to me, and I can't figure it out. Um, do Do you have any? Do you have any sense of why people hate the Cardinals? Because to me, this is a team that I, I would think that it, it would be a pretty popular team, um, if not quite. I mean, they're not quite the Rays or the, the you know the Orioles or one of these teams that is an underdog. They're not an underdog, um, but they are certainly not a kind of Red Sox style team um, that uh, is is brash, and they're not a Yankee style team that um, is is uh, big spending, and they're not even like. A Tigers style team which um, some people will not like me saying this but I mean their best player is a drunk driver and such and I could see that being a thing that some people would have a hard time rooting for I can't figure out the the card the reason that anybody hates the Cardinals and I'm sure there are good reasons do you know them I don't really um, I mean I guess people naturally resent successful teams and the Cardinals have been successful um, I mean, they're kind of the, the NL Yankees almost in their winning of championships, both all time and, and recent, um, I'm, recent. Uh, yeah. They won in what they won in 87 if, and they won in 2010 and they won in uh, 2011 and they won in 2006. So, so I guess that's three in our lifetimes. That's more than anybody, but the Yankees, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, they're not, it's not, they're not like. The, you know they're not the, they're not the Patriots they're not you know every year for four years in a row or whatever mm -hmm. I, I mean I, I guess there's the fact that they I don't know are, are people angry about the fact that they took out a better team or or better teams um, to get here maybe I mean or if people were rooting for the Nationals they were a good story um, and now they're out of the playoffs maybe that has part part of it uh, I mean or maybe it's just some sort of I don't know they play hard and they're known for being gritty and that sort of thing and if you're not a fan of them that annoys people I mean I don't know I, I only became aware of this fairly recently when someone else 
asked me why people hate the Cardinals because I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, not that I have any really uh, negative emotional reaction to any team ever, but uh, I mean, even if you are the sort of person who does, I don't know what the Cardinals did to people to make them dislike them. I asked a uh, I asked a friend of mine who also writes about this, and uh, he's a total Cardinals hater, and uh, I'm not going to say who it is just because I haven't checked with him, and I don't know if he knew that I was going to do this, but I asked him uh, why he hates the Cardinals so much, and the majority of the conversation was merely him saying that he hates the Cardinals and uh, not really giving a reason, and uh, ultimately uh, he said – uh, that he he does legitimately hate that they are the whitest team in baseball <laughs> and that they are uh, latecomers to the beard game. <laughs> yeah, well, there's something to that, I guess. I, Will Leach wrote uh, something for Sports on Earth. He is obviously a huge Cardinals fan, and he wrote about the fact that everyone hates the Cardinals and why. Um, and I don't know, he seems to say the same sort of thing we're saying. He's realizing, uh, let's see, the rest of the world was cheering for the young, likable, fiery Washington Nationals with their superstar youngster and their facial hair and their natty attitude. The Cardinals weren't the heroes to them. They were the brutish villains, the Cobra Kai, the Empire, stomping on the dreams of the upstart rebellion. Uh, and so he's saying that he and fellow Cardinals fans sees uh, the Cardinals as a grinding, fighting, clawing team uh, everyone else, he says, they saw a team that caught every break a team could possibly catch last postseason and now was doing the, doing it again, one that was hoarding all the good fortune from the baseball gods for themselves. They saw a two-time wildcard team taking out a better team whose time had come. They saw a franchise that has made the playoffs nine of the last 13 years, one that has won two of the last six World Series, knocking off the upstart team with the surging fan base, and they saw them as selfish bullies who didn't deserve to be in in the first place. So, I guess, weird. Yeah, that, I, I, that all seems very weird to me because this is a team of. Um, I mean, again, going back to the Tigers, the Tigers um, are, I would say, also. Uh, the, I would think the Tigers were maybe the worst team uh, in the. AL playoffs going in well you know except the Orioles um and and in a way a, a sort of a disappointing team because they spent so much and there were such expectations the Cardinals um are winning because of Alan Craig and I don't know how you could hate Alan Craig and they're winning because of Yadier Molina and I don't think you can possibly hate Yadier Molina I mean late bloomers are are fun and they're great to root for this seems like a team that uh I would be rooting for if I uh, didn't want them to lose so badly in this series <laughs> against the Giants. Um, but I don't know. I guess, I guess... people have uh, people have sort of I don't know if they've hated Carlos Beltran before, but they've at least. But people don't hate Carlos Beltran. The people who a lot of people hate Carlos Beltran, but not the people that we follow. The people we follow right. well, the people, love Carlos Beltran all the more. The for people it. we follow are <laughs> very uh, small portion of the people who follow baseball um uh -huh. so i don't know what the the typical baseball fan thinks of carlos beltran uh, i think it's just la Russa. i think i think people still think of it as la Russa's team and people hate la Russa, and i can appreciate that yeah i could understand it when he was there um mike Mathini doesn't seem too hateable no he doesn't um 
he doesn't. Uh, I think the only I think I think the thing that the Cardinals could do to turn this around would be to have uh, Mike Matheny uh, also do a sort of a dugout dance like Ron Washington, <laughs> and then we would all yell, "Do the math." <laughs> yes. Because uh, I think that I think if 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 all of America was shouting "Do the math," uh, it would be like the, the Cardinals would probably be America's sweethearts again. So, just an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and so uh, lastly, Ryan Vogelsong, uh, very good mm-hmm. yesterday. Very very good. Um, said that it was the best he's ever pitched as a pro uh, after the the third or fourth inning or whenever it was that he said it clicked um and um of course Vogelsong in our preview of this uh of the NLDS uh we didn't know the Giants roster and they hadn't announced the rotation yet and so we had to just sort of guess where to put everybody and um our preview had Vogelsong in the bullpen uh, because it seemed as good a guess as any that he would be the odd man out of the rotation and um you know it just goes to show that probably nobody should ever read uh, anything that purports to be baseball analysis because it's totally unpredictable. Mm-hmm. But um, about, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago when Vogelsong was at his lowest point and uh, his his ERA over his previous, like, I don't know, seven starts was like 40. And um, yet he had a, 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 a startlingly good strikeout rate and yes. a good strikeout walk rate. Um, and Dustin Parks of The Score tweeted something that I don't remember the exact words, so I'll paraphrase. But it was something along the lines of, um, you know, the, uh, faith in Vogelsong is basically based on um, believing in in this theory of, of dips and um, that – all, you know, it's it's all predicated on this idea that um, what doesn't happen, or I don't know quite how to phrase it, but that FIP, which doesn't describe what what actually happened, is more telling than the stats like ERA that we were all raised on. And uh, I think we mostly believe that to be true, although it's a little bit more nuanced. And yet, having been uh, raised for 20 years on the other, it's still sometimes hard to make that mental leap. And I love cases like Vogelsong's where your faith is really put to the test and, um, you, you know, you believe in FIP, you believe in peripherals, you understand that BABIP fluctuates, you understand that, um, that these players are to a large degree at the mercy of luck for, uh, short periods of time, and yet it can be a real test of your faith to believe in it. And I'm glad that Bochi um, uh, kind of kept his faith in um, in what Vogelsong was doing, and did not uh, do the sort of easy thing, which would have been to just point at the runs allowed and say, "Well, we can't keep doing that. We can't keep giving up runs." And benched Vogelsong. He, um, you know, he clearly made the the right move and. I don't know. I don't know how much Bochi would attribute it to stat headiness, um, but um, I don't think that it was probably totally uh, uh, outside of his decision-making process, and it was a good move. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's hard if you've been watching Matt Cain for several years to believe everything Phipps says. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay, we're done. I'm done. Unless we want to circle back to A Rod flirting with fans. Absolutely not. Okay. 
Uh, oh wait, one thing, yes. one thing, one thing. Yes. The uh, the idea of uh, this faith idea that faith that you know putting your faith to the test idea actually, mm-hmm. I um, there was about a year ago I think uh, I noted that like over the previous two or three seasons, uh, AJ Burnett had the same. Uh, uh, I, yes. The previous two seasons, AJ Burnett had the same. Xfip right. as Kuroda. somebody else who was really Kuroda, good. right? Or oh, oh well, there was there was a famous tweet uh, this season about how. Oh yeah, no, I I remember that one. Right, Kuroda well. and and Burnett had the same Xfip. Uh, yeah, and so the idea was that Kuroda is much loved by Yankees fans, and Burnett was much hated, and they had the same Xfip um, because of course Burnett gave up many home runs. Well, I found mine. I yes. found my tweet. What was yours? Okay, so my tweet was October 3rd, 2011. AJ Burnett's XFIP 3.86, Jared Weaver's XFIP 3.80 really puts your faith to the test, right? And um, the idea at that time was that nobody would think that, that Burnett was anywhere near Weaver. And uh, I wasn't suggesting that at all. <laughs> and yet here's AJ Burnett having a really, really, really good year that nobody saw coming. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, so did Weaver. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. That is... Probably shouldn't have. I probably we probably should, should have stopped a minute and a half ago. <laughs> Nothing like rereading year old tweets. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll be back with episode sixty four on Wednesday.